Meridi Football Podcast, Stefan Hosen, David Lawson. What's up, Stefan? I'm good, man. It's that time of year again. The Premier League season has started. Football has returned. It finally came home. Not in the way English fans wanted it to, but the Premier League's back. The World Cup is what we really mean when we say it's coming home. European Championships <laughs> don't really count. <laughs> uh, you would say that considering the result. <laughs> You know, you have to always have hope for the future. Um, and it's always the next tournament that's the most important one. But football the, um, has begun again. Uh, and most importantly, we left off. We want to talk about Lionel Messi. He's moved to Paris Saint-Germain. What do you think? Um, delighted, personally. This is, what, this is the move that I expected him to make when it was... It came out that he'd leave Barcelona. Even if he left last year, I think PSG would have been the natural destination. Um, I'm just glad I get to see Neymar and Messi play together one more time. Hopefully Mbappe stays. I get to see that that trio in action. But yeah, I think it's the most sensible move for him. It's the most sensible move for PSG. It, it fits. You need to expand on that because why, why does it fit? Like, What's so good about this move? What's so good about this movie is he's going to a team where I think the onus will be on trying to win. I've been saying for a long time, Barcelona, they've had the best footballer has ever played football in existence at their club. And they have not set up a team um, in regards to winning Champions League football for an umpteen amount of years. I think PSG are trying to do that. I love their moves this summer uh, from Donnarumma to Ronaldo, um, Messi, Ramos. I think this is a team that realizes that they're the cusp of being a dominant team across Europe. And these are the type of moves that can put them over. It also fits because he's going to play with friends. And that's always a good thing. He's going to be reunited with De Maria, uh, De Potato, as you love to call him. Um, Neymar and him, I think they've always had a, a very good bond and on the football field. I'm looking forward to seeing that again. And it fits for another key reason. Financially, it makes sense because they can pay him what he wants to be paid. Excellent, eloquent breakdown. But here's where I'm going to disagree with you. I really wanted to see Lionel Messi either at Manchester City or at Chelsea. I really felt that just for the from a competition standpoint, watching him week in, week out in the Premier League, which is the richest, most watched league in the world, the league in which many people have been critical that he hasn't played in for silly reasons that he's afraid or some other nonsense. I really wanted to see him play there uh, week in, week out. It would have made football much more interesting, much uh, much more to look forward to. Paris Saint-Germain, you're talking about a cat versus a dead rat. Paris Saint-PSG is going to win the league. They didn't win it last year. With Messi, they're going to win the league. It's going to be another walkover. We know this. Week in, week out, is just going to be boring. Uh, they brought him to win the Champions League, of, of course, uh, but the Champions League group stages are already boring, and his move to PSG is just is just adding to that. We see how it works out in the second half of the season, because what has happened to PSG many times is they've had critical injuries, and, and against Manchester City last year, a bit of bad luck. Um, they, as you remember, we spoke about this, dominated the first half of the game, Manchester City scored two goals out of nowhere, and then they fell apart. So there's no reason to think that Messi joining them is going to change that, mainly because Paris Saint-Germain 
They're playing weak teams, week in, week out, yes. I know the French League has had some success in Europe, but I just feel their league is just far too weak. And it's not something that I wanted to see from a fan point of view. Yeah, and I, and I can see why you would say that from a fan point of view. And what I would say to that is, from a fan point of view, um, I consider the EPL to be extremely boring. The idea of Messi You're playing a joker, for Man- man. You're such a joker. <laughs> no, the idea of Messi playing for Chelsea or Man City doesn't interest me at all. I don't see anything interesting. Stefan, Stefan. I've, 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 I've seen... Can I ask you a question? I'm not stopping you. I'm not stopping you. I just want to Messi. ask you a question. I just want to ask you a question and you can continue. I just want to ask you a question. You yeah. think that Messi on Chelsea is more or less boring than Messi on PSG with Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria, Verratti. Which one do you think is more boring? You're asking me what I find more boring, the prospect of Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Verratti playing, or the prospect of Timo Werner, Messi, Zayic playing. Um, I'm going to want to see Messi and Neymar together. That's far more entertaining. What a fucking answer that was. All right, I never expected <laughs> that answer. So here, let what? me try ask another question. Just one more what question. What is your question? Sorry, let me ask another question. Watching Messi, Neymar, Mbappe week in, week out playing against 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, and 14-year-olds, right? That what they're going the level of competition versus the level of competition that Messi would have to play against playing with, with Chelsea. Which one is more boring? I saw a tweet over the weekend that said something along the lines of if any adult ever refers to any football league as a farmer's league, they should be um they should have their football card taken away. I call the EPL the farmers league all the time, just as a little banter between everybody else who calls the French League. Um, the Farmers League. Again, nothing, and I mean nothing about the idea of Messi playing in the EPL entertains me in any way. The EPL is boring. All the teams play the same for the majority of it. They're going to sit back. No, I don't want to see Messi playing against Burnley with 15 guys behind the box or against Manchester United with 15 guys against behind the box. The EPL is the most boring league in the world to me as a fan of football. So no, I would rather see Messi play against PSG. I would rather see PSG versus Strasbourg and Strasbourg try to attack them and get 11 in their net than Man City versus Burnley where Burnley are going to sit on their box and soak up pressure for 90 minutes. That's just how I view football. That was absolutely brilliantly bad. I don't think... If our... I'm not going yeah, to talk at you, Stefan. I'm short of words. I have words that could take. <laughs> I could come back at you, but it's really useless because it's not. It's not. We're not debating on where he should go. He's already yeah. gone there. So no, no debate there. Here's the thing: we all watch football for different reasons. I can see why that would interest you or anybody else. But you're asking me what I would have wanted to see. If I wanted to be fantastical. The move I would have wanted to see Messi make, and I made this joke months ago, if I wanted, if there's one move that would have been so amazing and so entertaining, it would have been Real Madrid. But that's not going to happen. So the next best thing for me was PSG because I want to see Messi and Neymar reunite. And I've been, 
I was hoping Neymar would have gone back to Barcelona two years ago. So that's just what I'm going off of. My fan perspective, that's what I would have wanted to see more than anything. If time had stopped and you had said where you thought the number one move you wanted him to make, I swear you were going to say Arsenal. I really did. At <laughs> no point did I think you were going to say Real Madrid. I know, but no. I thought you were going to say Arsenal, maybe you, no. maybe Juventus, maybe no. Bayern, maybe Dortmund. At no point did I did I think that you were. I would have even thought you have said somebody in the MLS. I never <laughs> thought you have said Real Madrid. I get what you're time. saying. I get what you're saying. And I, it's that's a waste of time argument to say, oh, your Messi should have gone to the EPL. Blah, blah, blah. He didn't go, yeah. and I understand that point of view and the way how you put it. Ah. Only a fool would really try and find issue with what you have. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've seen good points. But here's here's the final summation. Here's the final summation. I've seen Messi against the best EPL teams in the in the Champions League consistently, and he's destroyed all of them. I don't see him against Burnley. It's boring. I don't care. What about that's not my that's not my prerogative. What about against Leeds? That's fine. I saw him play against Atletico Bilbao, which is um, Bielsa's leads in La Liga, and he destroyed them as well. I've, I've seen, I'm just going up if I want to see Messi play with Neymar and Mbappe. That's simply it. Yeah, man, yeah, I know you have some strong views that the EPL is boring. I don't believe the EPL is boring. I feel like the EPL at times is, is simple. It's very simplistic. And I guess you find simplistic boring uh i find the epl not boring because of the high level of football players that they have and in the exciting matchups that you get week in week out in theory the fact that you can get teams with the level like like what we saw on the weekend tottenham versus manchester city i didn't think it was a very well played game but both teams have such a high (laughs) amount of football players which is why I, I love that you said the high-level games we get every week in theory and then in you theory. then stay. Like on the weekend, but the game actually wasn't that entertaining because well, the games never really are that entertaining in the EPL. Yeah, but we, a, lot of, a lot of the EPL is a pageantry. It's really, it's really the, the smell of the steak rather than the taste of the steak. Uh, people call it sizzle. Um, they want more steak, less sizzle. I, I, I love the whole, the, I love the marketing of the EPL. I love the whole Super Sunday aspect of it. I believe sp- I, the marketing of sporting events really gets me. I get hyped for certain matchups and I look forward to it. And I would have looked forward to certain matchups with Messi. Now, without him, um, for example, I know that when Chelsea plays against Liverpool, I know how Chelsea is going to play. I know how Liverpool is going to play. And unless Liverpool gets an early goal, that game is just going to be extremely boring um, for much of it, right? So as, as we saw on the weekend, back to the Manchester City versus Tottenham game, I don't, I'm not sure Manchester, Manchester City took 18 shots. I'm not sure one was on target. They were all blocked or wide, you know? I think Grealish, I think Grealish had one that was easily saved. Saved, that, that was it. Um, and then Spurs were the same. Same, and the game only really gets some form of excitement towards the end when one team has scored and the game gets a bit stretched and the counter-attacking team gets to attack the spaces and there's a chance, half chance here or another chance there. So in that regard, yes, I do, I do understand. But, you know, you have a lot of good football players in the EPL and watching them play is exciting to me. I mean, you'll always find something that interests you. I do watch the EPL week in, week out. I just have to find something that 
I can cling to for my entertainment value out of it. It's not the same as the other fans of the game. It's not the tribalism for me. But, you know, as I said, again, when it comes down to the original question, I would just rather see Messi play with Neymar and Mbappe than Zayic and Werner. Yeah. A good for, question. If you were, for, if you, if you had gone to school in America, the question you'd have asked me was, David, if, if you didn't have any association with England and there was no English players you cared about week in, week out, would you still be watching the EPL? But you didn't, you didn't go to America to get educated. So, you know, that's... Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, all right. But yeah, I, your, your points are well said. But uh, onto the whole Messi idea, I think Messi week in, week out is going to dominate. It's a weaker league. PSG is going to win. Pachu, I think, is a very good manager. Let me down a bit by not winning the French League last year. He will win it this year. But no matter with Messi or without Messi, PSG is going to have that same problem in terms of what's going to happen in the midfield when they when they when they face against some struggles because they have come apart they came apart against Bayern Munich in the finals they came apart against Manchester City last year and previous years before that uh like against Real Madrid where they dominated for long stretches then they faced some adversity fall apart and also injuries as well and Neymar is not the most let us just say stable football player yeah, so there's exactly. that and Mbappe is coming off of a European Championships, where his stock has dropped a bit in many people's minds, um, not scoring goals, missing that last penalty. Not in my mind. I, I think he's fantastic. So that, there'll be something to prove. But after a month, uh, uh, most people will be saying, yeah, we watch PSG play over the weekend. I saw them play, but really and truly, I just watched the ticker. Anyway, yeah. so. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. But for football fans like me, who will actually sit down and watch a PSV versus Strasbourg, I will enjoy it. That's but whereas, the thing is, I feel like if Messi played in the EPL, people would directly watch him. There would be invested interest in people actually saying, I'm going to watch Messi at Chelsea. Messi playing with, with whoever, whoever is with if Lukaku. I agree with that because the marketing machine behind the EPL is undefeated. There's, so there's it, would, no it would have made for interesting discussions. Uh, sure. you know, and, and that's what me, I like interesting. Anyway, Messi has moved on. Uh, uh, we both agree he's the best player that we have seen. Uh, so, you know, and we talk about of our era. I, for me, I don't speak of previous eras. Of my era, he's the best. You can speak of another era if you want. So, but moving on to another player, uh, you know, coincidentally enough, speaking about the French League, Paul Pogba, one year left on his deal. I must admit to you, for many years, I've never really rated Paul Pogba that highly. Uh, I, yep. I, I kind of felt like he was more marketing hype, and I thought he did a very good way of marketing himself. He, he had good amount of flash, but not a, not amount of substance. Never really felt, uh, the time Juventus made it to the Champions League final, he was injured for most of it. He didn't really, he never really sparked for me that much the European Championships there were France won, or France went to the finals. He was criticized for not playing that well. The World Cup, but again, yes, France won, but with the exception of the Belgium game, I didn't really think he played that well. Wonderful goal in the final, but up until that point, thought he was poor. So I've always been somewhat critical of him. And maybe maybe there have been a, a there's been a blind spot to his game that I've never really quite admired. 
But yep. as I said, the game against Switzerland, I felt like everything just came together. And I felt like everything that I've missed, just all the spots were just filled in. And he's just absolutely fantastic. And playing for Manchester United in that higher left-handed position against a Leeds team that was overmatched. And he's, he was there and everywhere. Just absolutely fantastic. But that's not what I want to talk to you about. He has one year left on his deal. Do you think Manchester United should sell him? Uh, loaded question. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a couple of ways to look at this. If I'm Manchester United, the first way I'm looking at it is the financial repercussions. And then I quickly realized I'm, I'm Manchester United. I'm the richest club in the world, probably. They can afford to let Paul Pogba leave on a free based on their financial um, standing in football. That won't be a big deal to them. If Paul Pogba leaves next summer for free, Manchester United can spend any amount of money to replace him. I, I don't doubt that at all. From an from a optics level, I think it would look bad on Manchester United if they lost Paul Pogba twice, especially if they do not win a trophy of significance this year. So here, the risk for Manchester United is if he doesn't want to sign a new contract and he's going to leave on a free, keep him, but you know you have to win a trophy. Because if he wins the Champions League, if he wins the Premier League and he says, you know what, I came here, I did what I wanted to do, you guys treated me like crap for five years, I'm out. I don't think many people will knock him. If he stays, they fall short and he leaves on a free transfer, that's going to be problems. People are going to, are going to bash whoever is in charge of Manchester United for that. The interesting with Paul Pogba is, if you look at Paul Pogba throughout his time at Manchester United, with the exception of the 2018-2019 season, where he was really good in the Premier League, he at no point has really come close to the type of player that someone would say, man, he's really stood out. That He had that spell when Ole just took over um, and his game just went to another level for a few months at Manchester United rose up the table there where people was like, wow, Paul Pogba, really amazing. But he's never really had that season for Manchester United where one can say he's one of the best players in the league. Something that his talent should have, that, yeah. you know. And maybe, and as I said, maybe I've been too critical of him. Uh, I compared him to Paul Scholes last week, and I think when I compare him again, Paul Scholes was the same way. Paul Scholes was not, during his prime time, rated that highly in England. People think he was. People like yeah. to say oh, what a great player he was. But at that time, they were not saying that. Uh, I believe Paul scores in his prime, like up to 2006. I think he only made one team of the year in England. One. At no point. I remember, I remember you, you had a fabulous quote years ago that scores never even accidentally won the player of the year award. Never accidentally won. He, could, he was <laughs> never accidentally nominated. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> he never accidentally was nominated. Then, then towards the end of his career, people were like, whoa, that's what we've been missing. Really? Yeah. And then I came up with the name Papa Scholes. And I think this is what, that, what might happen with Paul Pogba, that I think we've missed, me personally, speaking for me, we've missed out on what else what a talented football player he is and he's actually done much more than we think and that the reason why he wasn't as good last year was due to injuries he only played 21 games and the reason why 
the struggles in Europe were mainly because the team was just not good enough. And the one time that they had a capable team, they won the Europa Cup and he was the player of the tournament there. And rather than us focus on what he's not doing, we don't focus enough on what he's actually doing. And that is what people, people do. I try not to do it. But I'm only human. Even as great as I am, Stefan, I'm still only human. I'm going to, I'm going to make mistakes. So, yeah. but th this season, what I would say to that question, Stefan, is how does this sound? Manchester United keep him. And if they are looking like they have a chance to win the champion, not to win the EPL, or they have qualified for the next round of the Champions League, you keep him. You, know, you just run, you, you roll the dice. But if it looks like you're getting knocked out again in the first round of the Champions League, you are 10 points behind Manchester City or Chelsea or Liverpool ever. And you have to be like, yeah, let us try and get just try and get some money back, not pay any more wages, because clearly it's not working out. Um yeah. move on from there. I, I pretty much agree with that. Um, I agree with most of what you said. I, the comparison with schools, I think, also is spot on. I think maybe the problem with schools growing up in that era of football, um, one, his role was weird because if, if you even think about it, a lot of the things Paul Scholes is now regarded so highly for setting play, dictating tempo, passing, really and truly for the early part of Paul Scholes' career, he was playing essentially um, off the striker Absolutely. and his, his real role was to score goals. So maybe that was a problem of how he was used initially. He wasn't really needed to dictate tempo because that's not how Manchester United played. His, his real role in that team was to get into the box and score goals. And he did that for, to, to a fairly successful um, level. But the Pogba, thing I think, yeah, go on. Now, Pogba, I've also said um, for Manchester United, I don't think they've ever really built the team around him to showcase his attributes to the max of what it could be. Even, even on Saturday, fantastic. He played on the high left role, a role I said years ago that Manchester United probably could start thinking about him using because it might be similar to how Juventus used him. Four assists, but long term, how 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 often is that going to work with him and Bruno? I still don't, and I don't still don't see it being the maximum of both of their attacking talents. But on Saturday, that shut me up. But yeah, I agree with you. If, if it comes down to January and it's not looking good. You get rid of him, not because of the financial aspect, because as I say, Manchester United can afford to let him leave on a free, but just cut the cord and say, you know what? It's going to look bad if he leaves twice for free and we didn't get anything from him. We didn't get a trophy. We didn't get anything. But yeah, if United are looking good, look like they can challenge, look like they can win, roll the dice. You keep Pogba and you say, all right, if you, get, if you give us a trophy, we, we won't knock you if you leave. Just quickly on Paul Scholes, the thing with Paul Scholes that many people were, at the time weren't giving him credit for and gave him credit later was, was the fantastic technique, the ability in tight spaces to do things, uh, whereas he would have been more praised if he was on the continent. And Paul, Paul Pogba has that, you know, but funny enough, Paul, Paul, Scholes, Pogba, it works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not going to hear this anywhere else, com the comparison of Scholes and Pogba. But yeah, Paul Pogba, it's an important year for him. Um, Paul Pogba has been rightfully criticized at times at Manchester United. I do believe that yeah. because that's just how the game is. The next person I'm going to talk about is why. When you come for that amount of money, you have that level of talent and your team doesn't do very well. The best player, no matter the sport, 
is going to be criticized. Um, shouldn't be criticized by sensible people like me, but they're going to be criticized by the masses. So yep. moving on from Paul Pogba, that takes me to Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish, player I really like, 100 million. But if he does not do like what we saw Bruno Fernandes do um, on Saturday against Leeds, put up goals, put up assists, he's going to be rightfully he's going to be rightfully criticized by the masses. People are not going to care about yeah, he picked up five fouls, he won corners, uh, he's he's making second second passes that lead to assists. Uh, you know, he, he's in a, he's doing he's doing a good role. Nobody cares about that. If he's not putting up the numbers that people directly can attribute to goals and assists, wins and losses, he's just going to be criticized. And I worry for him in this regard because he doesn't he doesn't seem to be a dynamic player. Um, when he gets onto the ball to shoot, he doesn't seem like a dynamic player in terms of stretching a team. So sometimes it's going to be like huh, 100 million for the occasional shift, occasion, huh, 100 million for falling down, really? So that's something that we'll have to watch throughout the season. Yep, I agree with you, which is why it really still surprises me that um, Man City elected to pay his release clause. Um, it came out that they tried to negotiate a few with Aston Villa and they simply said 100 million or nothing. Man City relented and decided to pay it because, honestly, I if he doesn't have that release clause, I don't think Jack Grealish is the type of player that any club really wants to spend 100 million on because, as you said, he doesn't have those fan-friendly statistics, I like to call them now, yeah. goals and assists, those direct goal contributions that the casual average fan can relate to. The quickest stats, the ticker tape stats, the ones exactly. that are on the screen. Exactly. Since he's joined, we've heard so many things in regards to where he's going to play. He's going to play the eighth position in central midfield, which is something he's not used to. And um, we've heard, I've heard various fans saying, why are they paying $100 million? He's only scored 30 goals in his entire career. And then you connect it to the fact that the rumors are he's going to play eight. So in my head, I'm thinking, why are you judging him off of goals and assists when that's not going to be his role when he comes into Man City? He played in the eighth. He started in the eighth position in midfield yesterday, you're not going to be getting massive amounts of goals from him if he plays that position for the season. So that's really not what you should be judging him on. But the transfer fee is going to dictate that to the average casual fan. They're going to say he should be scoring 25 goals this season. The same thing happened with Pogba when he first joined Manchester United. But that, that big fee, a lot of people said, what does he do? Where, where is he adding value? Is he going to score goals? Is he going to get assists? If he doesn't do that, you're going to get knocked. Pogba went through it. Jack Grealish is going through it. If you look at the highest transfer fees in football right now, Jack Grealish is the outlier. Okay, you have Neymar, you have Mbappe, you have Coutinho, you have Joe Felix. Those were all goal-scoring players. Antoine Griezmann, goal-scoring player. And then you have six, Jack Grealish. That guy's not going to be scoring any kind of goals compared to those guys at their best. Yes, because you look at Paul Pogba for his first season at Manchester United in 30 games in the Premier, he scored five goals. The season after, in 27 games, he scored six goals. And then he had that really good season with Ole, where he scored 13 in the Premier League, That you know where he went on that run. Last year, he was injured. He played 21 games, sub for five. He scored only three goals. Like That's just not going to cut it. Uh, I, and 
as I said, as I said <laughs> Rashford, I can't. As when people were talking about Rashford, I, like, I, I gave up. I said, Rashford, you need to score. I can't be on social media defending every little thing that you do. He's actually doing this. Actually, no, nobody cares. You have a bad ankle. Nobody cares. Score. You have a bad shoulder. Yeah. Nobody cares. Score. Your your back is hurting. Nobody cares. Score. You have fractures. Nobody cares. Score. You you yeah. you just came on the pitch in the in the European Championship. Keeper goes the wrong way. You miss the penalty. I'm sorry. Me, I don't care. Score. That's just what it is. And it's simplistic yeah. and caveman-like thinking. But that's what sport sometimes is. It boils down to wins, losses, goals, assists. And unless yeah. Jack Grealish, the one good thing that goes to Jack Grealish is that Gundogan last year scored, I think, scored in double digits for Manchester City. So yeah. I can see Grealish getting into those positions and, and getting some goals for for Manchester City in that regard to, to keep the eye catching. But the thing that surprised me against Tottenham was his inability when he overlapped from certain position to, to basically stretch the game. He seemed to be, I don't know, seemed to be sometimes running in mud um, when he got the ball. So that that's, oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Jack, Jackie boy, as they call him. He's just going yeah, to have to just, just based on how he plays stylistically, it's going to be tough. I think it was going to be tough. One, because as I've said before, I just don't see how he really fits into this Man City team. I think they're going to try something different. You came up with your theory about De Bruyne out last week and all of a sudden De Bruyne is not starting this week. So maybe there's some there's, there's some joy for you there. But yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough because of how he's going to have to integrate into this Man City team. He's no longer the focal point of a team. He's not the guy that everyone's passing the ball to constantly. It's going to be tough because of the transfer fee. Like, honestly, if the, if Jack Grealish was prime Andre Iniesta... Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, like a, that Pep was trying to... That's what Pep, I was thinking, thinks Yeah, of. I think that's what he's going for as well. I think he's trying to find his new Iniesta because Bernardo Silva lets him down. But in our, based on the style of player Iniesta was, if Iniesta prime right now joined Man City for $100 million, the fans would say, but he doesn't score goals. So he's going to have to come back that this season. Yeah, Iniesta used to dazzle on the football field, but it starts. I would be able to in the English, English Premier League. If he had gone to yep. Manchester City, people would have said, "Oh, it was just a system in Barcelona." That's the only reason why yep. he was doing doing well. And you know, it's just, it's just what it is. You know, you're going to have one set of fans that are going to say. Is back to the Paul Pogba situation. Paul Pogba is criticized because he's not English and he's black. Um, Jack Grealish is going to be criticized because he is English and he's he's white. There's going to be the backlash. It's always going to be for and against. There's going to be people that say, yeah, he's only he's only rated because he's English and he's white. There's going to be people that are going that are going to say, um, he's only he's only in Manchester City because he has to fill a quota. There's going to be that criticism. Players of high value are going to be criticized. Um, there's going to be a section of fan. And once, uh, once week in, week out, once a player doesn't do well, the fans, fans as I said to you before the podcast, that the great Kobe Bryant had a quote. Every time I ask someone to come and debate me on this podcast of something that I've said, they always run away. It's very easy for them to tweet at me, very easy for them to go on our Facebook blog and to attack me. But the moment I said, all right, come debate me. They they instantly find their 
find their soother and start sucking on something because they know this ain't they they ain't they ain't ready for this. So like as a great cold brand <laughs> said, you can everybody wants to go, everybody's brave enough to to think they can swim with the sharks when they see them on the Discovery Channel. But it's a lot different swimming with the motherfuckers in real life. And every <laughs> week, them people who think they can come swim with sharks are going to be typing, going to be screaming, going to be calling in on radio shows. It's going to leave a perception that, yeah, he's not scoring. He's not doing this. You saw it with, you see with many football players. You saw it with Michael Carrick. I remember when Michael Carrick just went to Manchester United. Uh, 20 million at the time would have been about 80 million now. So we're like, huh, 20 million, having a laugh. What does he do? All he's doing is slowly passing the ball up the field. You know? Yep. That's just how it is. That's how people criticize him. Anything stood out to you over the weekend? Anything stood out to me over the weekend? No, it was a pretty straightforward EPL weekend. I think everything went how we expected it to go. Um, Liverpool looked like they are going to kick gear this year, thankfully. Van Dijk's back. Chelsea got their win. Um, Arsenal lost, as I'm sure most of us expected them to. I didn't uh, expect really them to lose. lose. I expect them to lose what? this. I expect them to lose coming up against Chelsea, but Bro, maybe that's the game that they win. Have you not been watching Arsenal? They tend to do well against the bigger teams because they can sit back and counter. Um, teams they have to break down and score against this, they struggle against. I don't remember them doing too well last year against the good teams. I really don't. <laughs> Maybe you thinking about the good teams like, like Crystal Palace and uh, <laughs> Norwich's and the Wolverhamptons. I, I, I those are the teams at their level. Them. Those are the good teams around them. I think based on... I'm not saying they won the top four race against the other six teams but I think they did fairly well against them if I, if I go off of memory I think they lost to City both times but uh, Manchester Chelsea. United I think they, got, they, they lost away to Chelsea but won at home alright it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter it really doesn't matter yeah I think they averaged out fairly well <laughs> well they well they lost to the weekend I thought the first half they were poor second half they were much better uh, they took 22 shots Unable to score. Your, actually, favorite, that, your favorite attackers were unable to to um were not playing. So. That that actually that actually stood out to me. The fact that they got twenty two shots off the most of any club in the EPL for the weekend that surprised me because that has not been Arsenal for two years. And if they can keep that up, I will be pleasantly surprised. They when you look at Arsenal though, what uh, Brentford. I thought Brent, Brentford in that first half, playing off of adrenaline, uh, they look very, very enthusiastic. But you look, you look at Arsenal, for example. They didn't start your 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 attack, <laughs> your Lacazette, uh, Obama. Young favorite attack. players in the Premier League. Favorite players in the Premier League. But again, we're talking about players with criticism, you know. You know, Stefan, you can't criticize certain football players, you know, because you criticize certain football players, they, they all of a sudden you're anti that player, anti that country. Uh, so you have to, you have yep. to, you know, you have to put it in a context. So, like, I'm going to say it now Pepe, fantastic football player in France, really good dribbler, came with a lot of price tag, he's settling in, it's just taking him some time. But when is it going to be okay for people to actually come out and say, Pepe, you're just not that good. 
Like when, like, ooh, like in five years time, in 10 years time, like when is it going to be, it be okay for us, for people? Because Pepper, we came for a lot of money. The equivalent money for what Jack Grealish is going for at Manchester City, if you go off a of TV revenue previous year to, to, know, to know. So like, what was that? It seems to me Arsenal, what stood out to me in the Arsenal game, that they are depending on Saka to be a world, world elite class football player to get them to a top six position. Like he's the only player that they're, they're depending on him. Yep. And in all honesty, I think that's probably the smartest thing they would have done for the last five years. But that's a different debate. Um, in regards to Pepe, I said it during the game. I said, I literally asked Twitter, I said, can anyone name me a big money signing that took three years to be successful? <laughs> it's his third season. Are we really going to sit there and hope and say, no, maybe it's going to be his year? Because I really can't think of one that really came good after two pretty average seasons to start off their career. Um, we go back to 2017, I think, Arsenal, Manchester United, and Chelsea signed Lacazette, Morata, and Lukaku. I said in that summer that all three of those signings were rubbish for the respective clubs. Manchester United got rid of Lukaku after two years. Chelsea got rid of Morata after 1.5 years. It's now 27, we're now four years later and Lacazette is still there. They seem like they're going to do the same thing with Pepe. It's just, a, as you've said before, better to sell early than sell late. But these guys are still have our past their sell by, sell by date for me. Well, uh, Pepe, I'm giving he deserves this season. I've, I've been critical at times. He, uh, hold, hold on. He, he deserves this season or he should be given this season just based off of what they have? He deserves this season because at the end of last season, even though it was against crap teams and teams not playing for anything, he showed something. So based on the end of season, if he can carry in some of that form towards this season, maybe he might not be the top-class, world-class football player that Arsenal hoped for, but he can be at least at the top of that very good level. And that, that should be that. Because I do think, Yes, I know we have to be careful with criticize him or whatever. I do think he's a good football player. He's showing he's a good football player. And I believe based on the flashes that he's seen, he deserves this season to show he can be a very good player. If he doesn't show he's a very good player this season, then yeah, you don't need you don't need him around to be a good to just be a good player. I think Pepe has the ability to be upwards of Near very good. I do think that. But I would never say he deserves the season based on his previous two seasons. I think compared to Lacazette and Obama Young, I've said before, I think all three of those guys need to be the focal point of a front three. So you can't play them together. So I think this should be the year Arsenal make a choice. And I think the smart, and I use that in quotations, um, choice would be Pepe because age is on his side. He might have a little bit more sell-by value if he fails, but I wouldn't say he deserves it. I, I would say you give it a go and you hope for the best. True. Lastly, Stefan, we need to wrap this up. Leon Bailey got an assist, came on. Some nice chops. Uh, good good combination played, showed fearlessness. Um, assist, nice line, line drive, cutting ball across the field, which was beautifully finished by McGinn. Really so, nice, really nice cross, really nice assist. Yeah. Happy for him. 
Yeah, well, yeah, it was. It wasn't an assist that I could, that if he did it, I'm pretty sure if he did it nine more times, it wouldn't leak equal to assist. But it bounced perfectly, picked up, and it, it scored. So interesting times. It, it'll be interesting to see if Pepe who has a better season between Pepe and Leon Bailey. That'll be that'll be interesting because for me, like as I said, I really just don't see it with Leon Bailey. Um, but again, maybe sometimes you have blind spots with players and you're missing. Uh, and I feel like, for example, I feel like a player like Pepe is just a level and a half to two levels above a Leon Bailey talent-wise. So it will be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that will work in favour of Leon Bailey is I think Austin Villa will play him in a very simplistic wide-winger role. And his role will be just to get ball into the box and to get some shots off. And I think that will suit him a lot more than what Arsenal will be expecting of Pepe. I think Arsenal will demand a little bit more of Pepe. And I don't think Pepe has the ability to fulfill that. Good. Anyway, good running out of time. Um, good to talk to you, Stefan. Can we talk to you some more um, after this weekend's games? All right. Um, Peace. Peace.